Well, hello, Parkview. How we doing? We good? Good, good, good. I want to say uh, welcome uh, to everybody in Homer Glen, that campus, everybody out in the new, uh, new Linux campus. It's fantastic, amazing. Of course, everybody at Orland and everybody online. It's going to be a great weekend as we wrap up this series called Fixer Upper. And if you've been around here for the last uh, few weeks in January, you know that kind of what we've been trying to do in this first series is, is just put some resolutions, if you will, around our relational lives. Some resolutions around our relational lives. And for the past three weeks, uh, Pastor Tim has been teaching, and he's done an incredible job bringing some great messages. If you missed any of those three, I want to encourage you to go back and pick those up online. But the way he has started every single message for the last three weeks is the same way I want to start today, and it's with this section of Scripture in Matthew chapter 22. It talks about loving God and loving each other. Loving God and loving each other. This right here is kind of the overarching theme. This is what we've been trying to emphasize in all kinds of different ways during this whole month. And, and the reason, friends, that this is what we're trying to dig in deeper into and emphasize is simply this. Because when you really think about it, a hundred, let's say a hundred years from now, the only thing that's going to really matter in your life is how you did with this verse. A hundred years from now, whether you're 16 years old, 26 years old, 46 years old, 76 years old, doesn't matter. The only thing that's going to really matter is how you loved God and how you loved others. And so I want to just continue that and dive deeper into that as we continue, uh, actually wrap up the series today in Fixer Upper, and we're talking about the security system. Now let me ask you something, Parkview, to kind of all get us going in the same direction. Have you ever lived in a house that had a security system? If you have, just say, yep. Yep, okay, lots of you, I'm sure, on all of our campuses lived in a house with a security system. Over the last uh, 26 years of marriage for me, we've lived in five different houses, and four of those houses have had security systems. And it's, it's been great. And if you've had a security system, you know. I mean, we, we had the whole, you know, uh, sign out in the front yard, right, the little protected out in our grass or in the rock area. And, and here's what I really love. We, we had the sticker on the window, you know, several of those stickers on the window of our house. And if you go inside our house, in four of the five houses we've lived in, they even have, you know, the little pad that lets you control things and, and set all the things and turn it on and off and, and that sort of thing. So it's been great. Because we bought these house, houses, they've already had security systems in them, and it's just, it's been fantastic. But here's only one thing you need to know. In all four of those houses I've owned that had security systems, we never activated any of them. We never paid the money, we never had them monitored, we never ever hooked them up. And I'll tell you what, I was pretty stinking excited about the little sign. I was pretty fired up about the, the little sticker in my window. I really was. But let me tell you, ultimately, what that did for me is it gave me a false sense of security, right? Because I really didn't have any guardrails guarding my family or my home or that sort of thing. And I, I, I tell you that because I think, you know what? I think this happens a lot of times in our lives, I think this happens, and, and the Bible even speaks to this. Take a look at this verse in Proverbs 25, 28. A person without self-control 
is like a city with broken down walls. Back in that day, um, centuries ago, in Bible times, the way they would give themselves a security system is they would build literally walls, right? Around their city or around their homes. They would be stone walls like we put digital walls or electronic walls around ourselves today. And and the scripture says that a person without self-control is like a broken down city. It's like a person who has a a security system but never activates that system. And so here's what I want us to do today, Parkview. I want us to take some time as we wrap up this series to construct some guardrails in our relational lives. And whether you're a married person or whether you're a single person, I'm going to speak to different groups of you at different times about guardrails in our lives. And so let's just kind of begin a little bit by talking about these guardrails. You've seen guardrails all all through life. If you drive around, you see them all over the road and things like that. And, And I'm going to tell you something about guardrails today that, that probably every single one of you Deep down in your heart, you know this, but you've never really thought this through. And and here's what I want to tell you. Guardrails are something that we place in safe areas that keep us out of dangerous areas. Right? Guardrails are something that we place in a safe area right along the road, sometimes right where you're driving. I mean, it's safe. You could drive right where the guardrail is, right? It's right up near the highway. But we place that guardrail in a safe area to keep us out of a dangerous area. And kind of the mindset that we have is it would be better to bump up against one of these guardrails and even do a little bit of damage maybe than to completely go over the edge and bring destruction to our life, our vehicle, our family, whatever. So here's again what we're going to do. We're going to just begin to talk about some guardrails that we could have in our lives, in our relationships. And if you're taking notes, we'll put this up on the screen. Here's what you could write down about guardrails. Guardrails are practical things that we can do to guard and grow our love. That's what the definition is for this weekend. They're practical things that we can do to guard or grow our love. And and before we dive into a scripture here today, I want to just be sure and say something. My guess is, as we're studying today, there's going to be some of you who have been in relationships, whether it's dating or with your fiancé, who you've just kind of blown it. And that dating relationship or that fiancé is your fiancé no more. Some of you have been in marriages that are either on the rocks right now, or maybe you're in marriages that haven't survived. And, And I want you to know this. I want to be very clear on this. My goal today is not to make you feel bad about your past. It's to make you feel hopeful about your future. It's not to make you feel helpless. It's to make you feel hopeful as we put some of these guardrails and talk about some of these security systems that we can put in our relational lives. Now, if you have a Bible with you today, if you have a smartphone, a tablet, however you locate Scripture, I want to ask you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This is where we're going to hang out and study for a little bit. This section of scripture is is like the equivalent of a security system. It's like putting guardrails around our relationships. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 18. It says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples 
of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. There's all kinds of things in, in this verse, right? There's, we could do a whole series of study easily on this section of Scripture. There, there's things like that your bodies are, are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, that God actually lives inside of us. Is that amazing and crazy and strange? We are temples of the Holy Spirit, that, that, we, that we have been bought at a price, that Christ gave his life for us. God has redeemed us. We've been bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies, right? We could talk, talk all about all that. There's all kinds of things we could study in this section of Scripture. But here's what I want you to know for, for, the, for the sake of our study today. All we really need to construct a good security system to put up some guardrails are the first four words. Right here, flee from sexual immorality. Everybody on all the campuses say flee. Oh, that was weak, I think, on all the campuses. On the count of three, I want to hear you say flee. One, two, three. Flee, there we go, flee from sexual immorality. Notice, Parkview, it doesn't say flirt with sexual immorality. It says flee sexual immorality. And I want to tell you something that I know about all of you. On all of our campuses, anybody who's watching online, I know I don't know all of you. You don't all know me, but I know something about every single one of you pertaining to this verse. This verse right here, this is, this is what you want your husband to do if you're married. Right, ladies? Amen? This is what you want your wife to do if she's married. Right? You want her to abide by this verse. If you have kids, this is what you want them to do. If you have grandkids... This is what you want them to do. Your friends, listen, here's what I know about all of us. This right here is what we want everybody around us to do. This verse is a good idea for other people, right? Isn't that the way we oftentimes feel? This is so good, Todd. This is so good for my man, okay? It's so good for my kids. And here's what we think sometimes. I know I want this kind of security system around the people I love, but I just don't know if I need that in my life. And sometimes I think, you know what? We think, you know, I, I think, I know, I know, I understand our culture, but I, we think sometimes, you know what? I think I can flirt a little bit with things and not just flee things. And as human beings, let me tell you something, we are notorious. We are notorious as human beings for saying, how close can I get to the line without stepping over the line? What can I watch? What can I buy? What can I say? Where can I go and still be okay? This is what we do in our world so oftentimes. And, and let me just give you a case in point. This is just a real-life example. You know what we do in our society? You know what we do in our culture? Not all of us do this, but many people in our culture do this. <clears throat> many of us gathered up this weekend. You know what we do? We entertain ourselves with affairs. We entertain ourselves in television, in magazines, in, in books, and TV shows with affairs. We do. I mean, think about it this way. When was the last time in a movie or on a TV show, you saw an intimate scene, like an intimate sexual scene between a husband and wife. Not very often, right? Here, here's what we do in our culture. We entertain ourselves with affairs 
And then when somebody actually has one, we're shocked. We say, well, how, what? How, how in the world did they come up with that? How, why, what, what? Why would they do that? We entertain ourselves with affairs, but then we are completely shocked when somebody actually has one. And here's what happens so oftentimes in our lives. Every single day this happens to us. If you're taking notes, you could write this down. Our culture baits us to the edge of moral disaster and then mocks us when we step over the line. This is what happens in our lives. For single people and for married people, our culture baits us right up to the edge of moral disaster and then mocks us when we step over the line. And that's why, again, we need to talk about and we need to consider some guardrails for our lives. And these things I'm going to share with you today, these are, very, these are super practical. These, these are super specific things that we can do in our lives. And I've got five of these things for married people. And I've got five of these things for single people, okay? Any married people here? Any married people? Okay, yeah. Six of you. All right, awesome. And campuses. Married people are like, oh, come on, yeah I, yeah, I guess I am. I guess I forgot. I am. Yeah, that's right. You're, you know, spouses jabbing you. What about single people? Any single people uh, around? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, sing, single people. We got, we got both. We got all kinds on all of our campuses. And here's what I want to know, right? Here's what I want you to know before we dive into these. I don't have a chapter and verse for all of these things, but every single one of these things are Bible-based. These come from 25 years of me setting with teenagers, with college students, and with married people who decided to flirt with rather than flee sexually charged situations and intimate situations in their life. So the first thing we're going to talk to is married people, and you, and you can write these down. If you're married, if you don't want to write them down, maybe your spouse will write them down for you, okay? Um, they'll, give, they'll give them to you. And have, no, I'm just kidding. But here, these, these are things that you can do to help guard and protect your love. The very, very first one, married people, don't travel alone with people of the opposite sex. Just don't travel alone with them. This is a guardrail that I have in, in my life. And, and maybe you're thinking, Todd, is, is it completely out of bounds for you to travel with a female in, in your car? And the answer is no, it's not completely out of bounds for me to do that. But remember, a guardrail is something that we construct in a safe zone to keep us out of a dangerous zone. So I just don't do it. And I would recommend for you married people, don't travel alone with someone of the opposite sex uh, in a car, something like that, of course, unless it's, of course, your spouse, because that, then that would be okay for all these, okay? <clears throat> so here, here's, here's a second one. Don't eat alone with people of the opposite sex. Don't eat alone with people of the opposite sex. You, you, know, you know why I say this? This comes from just a lot of history, and this comes from a lot of time working with people over the decades. It's because eating is an intimate thing. Eating is a very intimate thing. And you know what oftentimes happens with coffee? Coffee becomes lunch. And you know what happens with lunch sometimes? Lunch becomes dinner. And a lot of times, you know what happens after dinner? Sometimes it's going back to his house or to her house or, or going to a hotel or something like that. That's, eating together is an intimate thing. And, and, and you may think this is crazy. You may think this is extreme, but so many people that I talk to who are in marriage and, and they get sideways in their marriage or they get out of bounds in their marriage, uh, <clears throat> as you begin to trace it back, they can trace it back and say, you know what, it all kind of started when, when he and I or when she and I begin to 
meet up for lunch on those days where we begin to have coffee. I'm just telling you, eating together is an intimate thing. So just don't, if, don't catch yourself at meal with a person of the opposite sex. And if you do, you know, figure out that way to, you know, step out of that or call your spouse or something like that. You know, put it on FaceTime the whole time. Hey, yeah, we're still here. Both of us here. See, we got, you know, anyway, okay. okay. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> here's, here's the third one. Uh, don't have, this for married people, don't have private meetings with people of the opposite sex. Just don't do it. And, and maybe right here, you're, you know, you're kind of saying, okay, Todd, time out. Um, here, here's the thing. You don't understand my job, and I, I have to. I have to do this, okay? I'm a supervisor, and, and I, there's male and female all, all around me, and so I've got, I've got to do this. And you know what I would say to you? That, that, that's fine, because I, I have to do this on a regular basis, too, as a pastor meeting with all kinds of people. But here's what I'd say. Don't, don't have these meetings in private. Don't have them in a public place. Have them in a public place. Place or if you have an office that uh, <clears throat> has windows, that's great. And make sure the windows, you know, the, the shades or something are down. Or if you have a door, leave the door open. For a long time, I, I didn't have any windows in my office, but I would make sure the door was open. And if I was meeting with somebody of the opposite sex on our team, on our staff, or somebody in the congregation, I would let somebody else know. I would go to their office door and I'd knock and I'd say, "Hey, I just want you to know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be meeting with you know." Jane in here for the next 40 minutes, okay? The door's open. I just want you to know that. I'm just saying, it's one of those things that you do in a safe area to keep you out of a dangerous area or speculation or anything like that in your life and in your marriage. Here's another one. You're going to love this one, married people. Don't be Facebook friends with former girlfriends or boyfriends. Don't be Facebook friends with former girlfriends or boyfriends. And I know some of you right now are going, okay, seriously, time, 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 time out. Time out. What do you, okay, so this, like, all this stuff was fine, you know, in 1 Corinthians, all that's good, and flee from sexual immorality. But what in the world does Facebook have to do with this and, and being friends? I, this is fine. I can do this. I can handle this. It's not a big deal. And, and listen, again, I, I would just, if, you're, if you just go, kind of go back and forth in your head, I would say that, that's fine. Maybe it's not a big deal. But remember, remember, remember what a guardrail is in our world. Remember what a guardrail is in your life. It is putting something in a safe zone to protect you from a potentially dangerous zone. And I'm telling you, if you begin to study like I have and you begin to talk to enough people like I do, you begin to see how I love social media. It can bring all kinds of fantastic things. But you begin to see how <clears throat> following one of your former boyfriend or girlfriend's Facebook timeline or Twitter feed or something like that all of a sudden begins to rekindle things. You all of a sudden begin to send some messages or some private messages back and forth. And all of a sudden, you're entering into this dangerous zone. And so, so I'm just saying, I'm just saying that a wise thing to do would be to not be friends with them and direct messaging and things like that in this social media world that we live in on Facebook and other things like that. Here's the last thing for married people. When you feel your heart drifting towards someone, tell someone. I know this gets pretty, uh, pretty specific and pretty <clears throat> you know, heavy in this whole fixer-upper series and putting up these guardrails and this security system. But here, here, here's what I know to be true. This weekend around here at Parkview, on all of our campuses... There are going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And we love this place, but here's what, I, here's what I also know. God's doing great things in this place, but here's what I also know. I know that there's going to be a good number of people, good people, whose hearts just t- tend to drift some. 
Maybe drifting now to, to some other person in your life or some other person from your past. Our hearts drift towards all sorts of things, don't they? And, and, and here's, here's what I want to say to you. I don't want you to feel bad about this. I want you to feel optimistic towards your future and understand something about your heart. Your heart and my heart is full of emotion. They drift towards all sorts of things. It, it drift towards other people. They drift towards cars and motorcycles and RVs and clothes and computers and pizza. They just They just drift. Our hearts drift. They're full of emotion. They, they get pulled towards things. And that's why God has given you and I a mind. He's given us a brain to begin to think and to cognitively put some guardrails and some safety nets and some security system and him in our heart at times. And so I'm just telling you, if your heart begins to drift towards someone, tell someone. I know a lot of times that can't be your spouse, but you need to have someone who you have accountability with, somebody that you can talk to, somebody that you can pray with, somebody that you can be on regular conversation with. When I get ready to head out of here uh, this weekend and leave Parkview, when I get done preaching, you know where I'm headed? I'm, I'm getting on a flight, and I'm going directly to meet with two guys that I've known for 20-some years uh, since college, and we get together a few times a year, and we just talk and share our lives together. And we just tell all the little things and all the little secrets and all the little stuff that, that they need to know about me and I need to know about them. I'm just telling you, these are some great guardrails for your lives, married people. And the final one there, if you feel your heart leaning towards someone, talk to someone about it. Use your mind to put some guardrails around that and pull that back in towards the commitments you've made. Somebody say amen. 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 So that's married people. Now you're off the hook. You can all go home. No, I'm just kidding. Don't go home. You're going to want to hear the single people, okay? You're going to want to hear the single stuff because you're going to want to give it to somebody, okay? Here we go. Okay, for the single people, here, here's your first one. Gouge out your eyes with a spoon, <clears throat> okay? Just, just, just quit. It's tough, right? I mean, being single, being junior high, high school, college, young adult, you're going to see stuff. You guys, you're going to see a girl, and you're going to think, way to go, God, on to her because you did good. Okay, so here's the thing. You can do that. That's, that's fine. But you can notice that. But then, guys, girls alike, you need to bounce your eyes off that. You can say, God, well done. But don't just, whoa, God, well done. You know, and just keep looking. But you got to bounce your eyes off of her, off of him, you know, to something else. Like, you know, a Toyota Corolla or something like that. Something not nearly as cool. If you drive one, I'm sorry. But, that, you know, that's different. Okay, gouge out your eyes. It's difficult, right? You have to, here's what you have to do, single people. You have to learn to put some guardrails on your eyes so they're not just looking to and fro wherever they want to go or you'll be in trouble. I promise. Here's, here's a second one. <clears throat> Apply all the married people guidelines to all the married people in your life. Apply those married people guidelines to married people in your life. Single people, here's what I'm saying. Don't, don't be traveling alone with a married person, a guy or girl. Don't, don't, don't be eating alone with a married person. Don't be having private meetings or private counseling sessions with a married guy or a married woman. Single people, listen and hear my heart on this. Do not, do not be that temptation they're, they're trying to flee. Apply those married people guidelines to the married people in your life. Have that respect towards them and their relationships in that. No, there's going to be times you have to be together with them, right? Just for meetings and that sort of thing. But remember what I said. Just don't be in private. Be in a public place where you can have that meeting and that sort of thing and everything is all all good and fine, all right? Here's a third thing. <clears throat> no sleepovers. <laughs> Elementary age kids have sleepovers. Eight and nine-year-olds have sleepovers. Married people, this is just, or, or single people, this is just another good guardrail for you. No sleepovers. Just declare it this weekend while you're at Parkview. I know your heart's not going to want it later on, but let your mind declare it right now. Put this up around your life and say just no sleepovers. I know some of you right now, single people are arguing with me, and you're saying, well, Todd, it's not a big deal. I mean, he, okay, okay, he slept on the couch. 
Okay, I was in a bedroom. I was clear across the place. There's a door. I had a door. And I'm in my bedroom, and, and, and he's on the couch. It's, it's not a big deal. And I know, listen, it may not feel like a big deal, but I'm telling you, it, it's putting some of those things in safe zones that keep you out of danger zones. Him being on the couch and you being there in the bedroom can lead you to a place that one day you regret. I'm just telling you. So you just make the decision right now. This weekend, single people, guess what? I don't care how late it is. I'm, I'm taking her home. I'm taking her home. Okay? I, I, don't, care how, I, don't, I don't care what the scenario is. If I, if I have to Uber, I am Ubering him home. He is going to Uber home tonight. Okay? That, that's what he's going to do. He's going to Uber home tonight. I'm just telling you. Don't, don't put yourselves in those situations that you will regret. And how many things, by the way, happen in our lives? How many regrets do we have in our lives that we could have avoided if we had just had some guardrails? A whole lot. And I know we're not perfect at this. I'm not talking about being perfect at this. I'm just talking about being smart and thinking this through and honoring these different relationships we have in our lives. So single people, no sleepovers. <clears throat> sorry about that. Not sorry about that, actually. But Do not use a computer, a smartphone, a tablet without sight-blocking software on it. Now, I would just, this is for, really for married people, too. This is for anybody. But I would just encourage you, if you use any kind of electronic device, to have sight-blocking software on it so you can't just see wherever you want, whatever you want. There, there's some great software I would recommend to you. Uh, it, it's, it's called X3, X3 Watch, if you've ever seen this. It, uh, it not only will help block uh, different sites on your phone, your computer, that sort of thing, but it will also uh, let you have an accountability partner. So whenever you're on one of those sites that you put in the parameters, it will also let your accountability partner know where you're at and stuff like that. And, and I've got that in my life, and I just think it's really good. It's called X3 Watch. It's by a group called Triple X Church, XXX Church, and it's called Triple X Watch. And I would just encourage all of you who are single, because, man, what a, and married as well. It's an incredibly difficult <clears throat> world that we have to navigate with all of the content uh, that is out there. And so I would encourage you in that way. And, and the reason I share this one, number four, is so I can just share one more with uh, single people. And, and this is kind of a corollary to it. Number five is your desire to read and to look at explicit material or pornography will not go away when you get married. And I share these things with you today because I love you, because I've been around a whole lot of people in 20 plus years of pastoring in my life. And I know this is a thing in people's lives and it's the way we justify stepping over some guardrails sometimes. I just want you to know, single people, that, that any kind of explicit material or desires of pornography in your life is not gonna just go away once you get married. There, there's absolutely nothing out there. There's no research that says, once you say I do, all of your explicit desires kind of just go away. It doesn't happen that way. <clears throat> And so why not begin to build some of those guardrails and things like that now? I think it's important. You know, one of the, some of the most detrimental effects of explicit material in our lives only show up and come out in our lives after we get married. One of those detrimental effects of explicit material from our single years that we carry into our married years oftentimes is unfair and unhealthy comparisons. When we've exposed ourselves to so much of that stuff online or in movies or in books, there's unhealthy and unfair comparisons. These comparisons from your past will plague your future. Listen, Parkview, this is just being completely just ground level honest with you. I know, I speak to, I know a number of men who have real problems comparing 
their real life wife to a fake wife or a fake woman on TV or in movies or in a book or online or something like that. They have a real problem comparing them. And likewise, I also know that there, there are plenty of women in our world today and maybe even around our campuses this, this weekend who, who after years of reading all kinds of uh, romantic novels and uh, romantic movies and things like that, they, they, they've so gotten deep into this and had no guardrails against some of these movies that are out in our culture today that they can no longer be captivated or romanced by a real-life man. It, it's kind of it's like, like they've been Nicholas Sparkified, you know? That's the kind of way I see it in my mind. But this is what happens to us a lot of times in, in our world and in our culture. And so I just want to say this to you. I want to say, if, if you are single especially today, I just, can I do this? I want to challenge you to fight for purity in your life. Amen? I want to challenge you to do that. And I want to challenge you if you are single. I want to challenge you with this, that every time you say no to explicit content, you are saying yes to your future husband or wife. That's what you're doing. Every time you say no to explicit content, you are saying yes to your future husband or wife. You are basically saying to your future husband or wife, you know what? I will refuse to build a video library in my mind that one day you will be compared to. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to create some guardrails. You're, you're saying essentially this, I will enter into our marriage passionate and pure and even, yes, a little bit naive. I'm not going to practice all this with other people. I'm not going to allow all kinds of images to permeate my mind that one day will just diminish you. I'm just not going to do it. And by the way, singles, just one more thing to say to you singles, and I'm going to let you off the hook as well. There's kind of this thing out there in our culture, I know, because I talk to so many of you, there's this underlying thing that says, you know, as you enter into marriage, as you get ready for marriage, you've got to have a certain level, you know, of, of experience and knowledge, you know, especially when it comes to relationships and sexuality and that sort of thing. You've got you to at least enter into marriage with some level of experience. I know that's out there. And here's what I want to say to you if you're single. That is not true. It's just not true. I want you to know that when, when I got married, my wife, Renee, and I, we were both virgins when we got married. And I, and I want you to know this. Uh, when, after our wedding, on our wedding night, on our honeymoon, guess what? We had no problem figuring out what to do. Okay? <laughs> No problem at all. It wasn't experience that led to intimacy. It was that exclusivity that led to intimacy. And I know some of you are thinking right now, this is this, okay, wrap it up here. This is just this is so extreme, you know, that I can't be riding with people, you know, and I can't be having meals with people, and I can't, now, now, I, now I find out I can't be friends with everybody on Facebook. I just seem so mean. It, just, I can't be friends with old boyfriends or, or girlfriends, or you're thinking no sleepovers. I, I had no idea. If I wasn't here tonight, I could just kept having sleepovers. Now I'm hearing, uh, you know, that I can't have sleepovers. And, and here's your thing. Listen, listen, I know, I know, I know, I know, but these are guardrails. These are guardrails that you put in a safe area of your life to keep you out of a dangerous area in your life. Here's what I know from like 25 years of ministry and being a pastor. I know that any one of us can pretty much fully recover from a financial disaster in our lives. You can mismanage money and 
spend all your money. You can declare bankruptcy, though I don't recommend any of those things. You can do those things, and, and with some discipline and some time, you can recover. Any one of us can pretty much fully recover from an educational disaster. You cannot graduate from high school. You can drop out of college. And still, if you want to, if you have time and energy, you can go back and finish those things and get those degrees that you need. Any one of us can pretty much fully recover from a professional disaster. You can make some bad decisions at work. You can get fired. You can get laid off when your company downsizes. And guess what? You can go find another job. But here's what I know. I know when it comes to our relational lives, when it comes to dating and marriage and intimacy, I know this. I know that if we don't put up some guardrails and activate some security systems in our lives, a lot of times we'll get into an out-of-bounds place and we will pay the price. And a lot of times... We never really fully recover. It's hard to recover. And so here's what I want to ask you. Here's the next step today. If you're taking notes, here's what I want to ask you. Decide to flee rather than flirt when temptation comes along. Decide today at Parkview this weekend. You know what? A lot of that stuff is stuff that I know I need to do in my life as a single person or a married person. I'm going to decide today to use my mind and put some of those parameters up around my life, activate that security system and that, will, that will continue to grow and protect my relationships. Amen. Let's pray together. God, thanks for today. Thanks for the opportunity that we have uh, on a regular basis each week to come into a place like this and sing songs and worship you, give you our heart, God, let you have access to our heart and our emotions and our mind. God, that we, we let your word penetrate us and sift around inside of us. God, I thank you for these times. I thank you for a place like this at Parkview where we can gather. And God, I pray today in, in a way that is so much more powerful than me, God, that is so much bigger than me because I feel like my words end up falling short so often. God, I pray that by your power and your strength and your spirit that you would somehow take these studies today, these, these verses, these thoughts, these things that you put on my heart, and God, I pray that you would allow them to just find their way into so many of us on different campuses this weekend. And God, through all of this, that we would grow and that we would guard our relationships with a whole new level of excellence and, and tenacity. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace in our lives that gives us a new tomorrow, no matter what our day looked like yesterday. In Jesus' name we pray.